Okay, so I want to uh, set up this, this fact that Jesus Christ is better than anything that you could ever, better than any person who has ever walked this earth. He's better than the prophets. He's better than the angels. He's better than Moses. He's better than the very people who God set up and established to be the ones who would be the primary people in the temple to worship him. He says, Jesus Christ is a great high priest. And this great high priest, he doesn't serve here in the earthly tabernacle. But there's another place where this high priest serves. If we want to know why does the cross matter, the cross matters because there had to be a payment for our sins. The fact that we are all sinners, the fact that when we came to this world, I came as a sinner and I needed to have a payment for my sin. And, and they tried to do this through the law. They tried to do this through sacrifices of animals and, and goats and bulls and all these things. And, and, and that's how God told them to do it. But he said that never was sufficient. So I need a perfect sacrifice I'm looking for a perfect sacrifice and I want, I want something that could be sacrificed on the altars up in heaven. Not just on the altars here on earth. I want a sacrifice that can be offered in the altars of in heaven. The only way that there can be a, a sacrifice offered in that altar is if it's a perfect sacrifice. And so when we go to Hebrews chapter nine, Hebrews chapter nine, we begin to see how this truly all comes together, that the great high priest would become the perfect sacrifice for us. Hebrews chapter 9, beginning in verse 1. That first covenant between God and Israel had regulations for worship and a place of worship here on earth. He's talking about this tabernacle that we had, or that they had, uh, that they would go into, they would worship there. This is their church. This is the place, the building here on earth. And he said, these are the kind of regulations. These are the things. This is the way that you can worship me. He goes on to explain it. He says, there were two rooms in that tabernacle. In the first room, there was a lampstand, a table, sacred loaves of bread on the table. The room, it was called the holy place. You can see kind of the outline of it. Maybe on the title slide, you can see uh, the outline of uh, of this tabernacle, what it looked like. You can see that there. This is the building that they would go to. This is the place that, that they would enter into. And the very first part of that is, is where they would go in. That's the holy place. They'd come into there and there these different uh, things. And, and they would worship in these, these different ways and that. And then it says, uh, continuing on in verse, verse 3. There was a curtain. Behind the curtain, there was a second room called the most holy place. In that room... There was a gold incense altar and a wooden chest called the Ark of the Covenant. It was covered with gold on all sides. Inside of the Ark, there were, uh, there were a gold jar containing manna, Aaron's staff that had leaves. You had stone tablets of the covenant. Above the Ark were the cherubim of the divine glory, whose wings stretched out over the Ark's cover, the place of atonement. But we cannot explain all these things, these things in detail right now. When these things were all in place... The priests regularly entered the first room as they performed their religious duties. But only the high priest ever entered into the most holy place. And he only went in there once a year. And he 
always offered blood for his own sins and for the sins the people had committed in ignorance. By these regulations, the Holy Spirit revealed that the entrance to the most holy place was not freely open as long as the tabernacle and the system it represented were still in use. Then he says, this is an illustration pointing to the present time. He points to the tabernacle where they always were uh, instructed to go and worship. And he said, that is an illustration pointing to the present time. For the gifts and the sacrifices that the priests offer are not able to cleanse the conscience of the people who bring them. For the old system deals only with food and drink and various cleansing ceremonies. These physical regulations that were in effect only until a better system could be established. And this is why we come to the cross. See, we can look at the cross today and, 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 and the reason I'm, I'm teaching this today in this, this fashion, this manner is because I don't want us just to look at the cross as an icon of Christianity and not know why the cross had to, had to happen. Now I understand that there was a reason that Jesus had to offer himself up as a sacrifice for my sins. That God had always had a way that this is how you worship me. You do it by going into the tabernacle. You go it, you go and you offer these offerings to me and you do it this way and that way and this way. But then God says, all of this, that you, these ways that you're doing it, it really can't, uh, it really can't uh, measure up to what I need the sacrifice to be. God had these instructions. He had all these ways. This is how you worship me. You can't make up your own way of worshiping me. Come on, sometimes we, we, we come, go through life and, and we think, you know, I, I, I'm doing all right. I, I try to worship God in my own way. But God says, here's how you worship me. This is the way. Come on, we can't get out of the book. We can't get out of this Bible right here. As soon as we step out of this and try to make our own way of getting to God, then we are in dangerous territory. We need to stick to the Bible and, and, and look, God, how, how can I worship you? And I understand sometimes when we get, get into it, it gets a little confusing, but, but this book of Hebrews, he just begins to lay it out. Look at Jesus. Jesus was better. Jesus was greater. There's a reason that Jesus had to come to this earth. There's a reason that Jesus came not as an angel, but he came as a, as a man. There's a reason that Jesus came and he fulfills the, the role of the high priest. It's because the high priest is the one that offers the sacrifice for our sins. The high priest is the one who is able to forgive the sins of the people. And Jesus becomes the great high priest. And it's not in the temple, it says, that was just for an example of what is to come now. The former temple, the place where the high priest served, that was just an illustration that was pointing to the present time. And so verse 11, verse 11, we see that there is there is uh, this, this, this tabernacle that was up in heaven, just as there was a tabernacle that is down on earth. It says, so Christ has now become the high priest over all the good things that have come. He has entered that greater, more perfect tabernacle in heaven, which was not made by human hands. It's not part of this created world. And if you've, studied scripture at all, you've, I'm, I'm sure, come across that tabernacle that, or the temple that was in Jerusalem. But did you know that that tabernacle 
is just a blueprint of something that is up in heaven. All these things that that the people would go when they were they would experience those were just borrowed blueprints from something that was already constructed up in heaven. There was a tabernacle and there was a temple that was here on earth, but there was already that very thing existing up in heaven. You have the holy place. You have the place where God's presence is really at, where his presence dwells. You have the altar that's up in heaven and it's waiting for a perfect sacrifice to be laid upon it so that our sins can be covered. So that our sins can be, uh, can be redeemed or purchased with a perfect sacrifice. And it says that Jesus Christ, he was the only one who was able to go and to serve in that heavenly tabernacle. As the great high priest, he goes and he serves up in that heavenly tabernacle. And what was the sacrifice that he gave? Verse 12, with his own blood, with his own blood, not the blood of goats and calves, he entered into that most holy place, the place where the sacrifice would, would, would be laid upon the altar. He entered there once for all time, and he secured our redemption forever. It says, under the old system, the blood of bulls and, or goats and bulls and the ashes of a young cow, they could cleanse people's bodies from ceremonial impurity. But just think how much more the blood of Jesus Christ will purify us from our sinful deeds so that we can worship the living God. For it's by the power of the eternal spirit that Christ offered himself to God as a perfect sacrifice for our sins. That the high priest serving up in this tabernacle up in heaven, he goes searching for the perfect sacrifice. What can I lay upon this altar up in heaven? What can I lay upon this altar that would allow people to come back into relationship with God? He goes searching, he says, I'm the only sacrifice that's worthy. The very high priest who is serving there lays himself on the altar. That's what's happening up in heaven when Jesus Christ, his arms were splayed wide and he hung himself. He was, he was nailed to a cross. And the very, as the nails were going into his hands, he was being laid upon that altar that is up in heaven as the perfect sacrifice for our sins. And this is the only way that we could then have an opportunity to make it into heaven. Because a perfect sacrifice was needed upon the altar that is in heaven. See, when Jesus became our sacrifice for sins on the cross, he was offering up the only sacrifice that would be accepted in the tabernacle. The only sacrifice that would be accepted in that tabernacle, it's up in heaven. Because the blood of animals wasn't accepted in that tabernacle. You, not as a sacrifice, which, which would be once and for all. An offering of innocent blood, it's, it's absolutely necessary to cover up the sins of mankind. We see this. Adam and Eve, they had to have a sacrifice of blood. You always see that throughout the history. But, or it says in Hebrews 9, 22, that almost all things are by the law purged with blood. Without shedding of blood, there is no remission. Without 
without a blood sacrifice, without Jesus dying on the cross, without these, even the animals that came before him, without them, there was no possibility for us to have remission of our sins, forgiveness of our sins. Well, if you're here today and, and, and you're just wondering, you know, how, how do I even come to God? How, you know, this, this Bible, it seems to be uh, so... Uh, you know, so strange in some places, but, but he, he gives this, this, uh, plan for us out in the, in the Old Testament, the way that people would come to God. And we see all of these, these ways that they would worship God. They went into the temple, they offered these sacrifices. But he says all of that was just a pattern of what was to come. All of that Old Testament, all of, all of these things, all of these, these ways that they would worship me. All of that was just a shadow of what was come after that. That Jesus Christ would come and that he would be the fulfillment. That Jesus Christ would come and he would die on a cross and be the perfect sacrifice. That no longer do we have to sacrifice animals. No longer do we have to bring, come on, our perfect animal to the to the place and to the church and offer it upon an altar. But Jesus Christ, once and for all, he was the high priest who came and he gave his own life so that I don't have to give my life. Come on, there is no way, come on, that anything is could be greater than that than Jesus Christ saying let me offer myself because without the shedding of blood there is no remission without the shedding of blood we don't have an opportunity to make it into heaven without the shedding of blood we cannot have our sins forgiven if Jesus had never died on a cross then we have no chance of making it to heaven there is no opportunity. If we go back, there's a scripture that said the reason he did it was because the, the devil had a grip on death. He had a grip on the grave. But when Jesus Christ died on the cross and then he came up out of the grave three days later, come on, he broke the grip that the devil had on the hell and grave. He says, there is a resurrection that you can be part of now because I was the sacrifice that was necessary for people to then live for eternity in heaven. Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission. See, but the blood of animals, it was not sufficient. The blood of animals that they had, they had offered upon the altars for thousands of years, that was not su- sufficient. Hebrews 10.4 says, For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and of goats should take away our sins. If we had continued in that same way of worshiping, if you would continue in, in worshiping and in trying to come to God, you know, whatever way you think is right, he says, that can never take away your sins. It's not possible that the blood of bulls and goats could take away sins. But in verse 10, for God's will was for us to be made holy by the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all time. Where the blood of animals was not sufficient. Where the blood of animals could not be offered upon that altar that's up in heaven. In that tabernacle that stands up in heaven. When Jesus gave his life on a cross. That blood was able to drip down that altar that's up in heaven. And that was the one sacrifice that was needed so that we could have our sins forgiven. So when we get a true understanding of why was the cross needed, it's because there was a perfect sacrifice that was needed for that altar. 
There was a perfect sacrifice that was needed and that was needed in order for me to make it into heaven. There was a perfect sacrifice that was needed in order for the grave to be open and for me to have the opportunity for resurrection. Just like Jesus resurrected, you and I one day will resurrect. Just like Jesus resurrected and he came out of the grave one day. Come on, you'll be put into the grave, but you'll be coming out again one day. Come on, it's because Jesus, he gave his life on the cross. And where animals couldn't do it, the blood of Jesus was able to do it. So the question is, what ought we to do now? What should we do? If Jesus gave his life for us, does that mean... That I have, I automatically have this blood that's in in the sacrifice that he gave for me. That it automatically applies to my life. Let's continue on in in Hebrews. I just want to read and we're just going to close with this passage right here. Hebrews chapter 10. In verse 14, he begins to tell us why all this matters. Not only that, now do we have an opportunity to have our sins forgiven. But now, there's something else that is opened up to us. And something else that we are called to do. Verse 14, he says, For by one offering, he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. Whereof the Holy Ghost also is a witness to us. For after that, he had said before, This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts, and in their minds will I write them. Their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more. Now where remission of these is, there's no more offering for sin. Having therefore, brethren, the boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. Come on, we have an opportunity today to come into the very presence of God. It says you can come into the very holiest place because of the blood of Jesus. By a new and living way, which he has consecrated for us through the veil that is to say his flesh. And having a high priest over the house of God. So let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having a heart sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. He speaks of, he speaks of the fact that we have an opportunity today because he gave his life. We have an opportunity to come into his presence well, what a privilege it is. In fact, in this very place today, we're going to begin to worship God. And when we worship Him, I promise you can feel the presence of God move into this place. And it's because He gave His life that we have access. Come on, when they, when He died, when He died on the cross, we have access now into the holy place. We have access into the Holy of Holies. We have access to the presence of God because He died on a cross. Because He became the perfect sacrifice for our sins. And he says, if you really want to know about it, if you really want to have this confirmed in you and to have the testimony, then you become or you get filled with the Holy Ghost because the Holy Ghost is a witness to us to know that Jesus Christ is alive today. When you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost today, you know for a fact, my God is still alive. Come on, He's living in me. I know that Jesus Christ is still alive today. The Holy Ghost is a witness to me to know that Jesus came out of the grave. 
Well, I don't have to have some archaeologist or some anthropologist come and tell me that they found some grave or they found some tunic that was Jesus was wrapped in. I know because he's alive in me. The Holy Ghost is a witness to me that Jesus Christ is alive. Jesus is alive today. And then he says, you can have the opportunity to have your bodies washed with pure water. You can go down to the waters of baptism. When you go down in the waters of baptism, you have, come on, your sins washed away. You can have every sin that you've ever committed washed away when you go down in the pure waters of baptism. Come on, and it tells us when that question was asked, what must I do to be saved? There was one answer that Peter gave. He stood up and he told them, you need to repent, be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And you shall receive the great, wonderful gift of the Holy Ghost. Come on, we have that opportunity today. Come on, God gave his life on a cross. He did that to be the perfect sacrifice for our sins. Come on, and now we have an opportunity today. Come on, to, to welcome his presence into this place. But you have that opportunity to know he's alive in me. Well, I can have my sins washed away. I know Jesus is alive. I know Jesus is alive today. Hallelujah, Jesus. Amen. We're going to sing a song here today as, as our children come in from our their children's ministry, as our youth make their way in from youth class. We're just going to sing a song of praise today. Come on, God is alive. Jesus is alive today. He is risen. He is risen just as he said. He gave himself as a perfect offering. So that I can live today. Well, we serve a wonderful God.